Welcome to Leverage Masters, airing weekly on Tuesdays at 12 Eastern and on demand on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Leverage Masters hosts Jack Humphrey and Gina Gaudio-Graves discuss leverage strategy with guest leveragists. Be sure to subscribe to Leverage Masters in your favorite podcatcher for great tips and case studies on using leverage to achieve your biggest goals much faster. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Leverage Masters. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Grave, the co-founder of Divisio, the all-new affiliate network for people doing good, and theleveragists.com. We have a fantastic show lined up for you guys today. Wait till you hear this blast from the past. We have my (laughs) co-host and all-around partner in crime, Jack Humphrey. Hello, Jack. Hello. It's nice to have old buddies on the show, isn't it, sometimes? <laughs> it sure is. And you know what I realized recently? We have done over 300 episodes here on this show. Isn't wow. that amazing, Jack? Wow. Does that mean we're in syndication and we get the big bucks? <laughs> yeah, right? Sure. And one of the people that helped us start it all is here joining us as a guest on today's show. Jack, why don't you tell everybody who that is? We have Rhonda Del Baccio, who is a blind author living in rural Missouri and her gorgeous golden retriever guide dog, Jimma. I actually follow Jimma as much as I do you, Rhonda. I'm sorry, but <clears throat> she's kind of important to me. I'm a golden retriever freak, so... <laughs> Rhonda is the award-winning and Amazon best-selling author of The Peace Seed, The Story of Impact, and I'll Push You Steer. Her short stories, poems, and articles appear in over two dozen anthologies across four continents. She has won awards for her singing, teaching, cooking, and translation of, get this, a medieval cookbook. I need to hear more about that. As you can tell, her interests are diverse. She want, Anything she wants to do or experience, she makes happen, and I totally believe that. Uh, Rana, welcome to the show. I'm glad that this is one of those things you chose to do. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. It's kind of funny to be on this side of the microphone when for a, quite a long time I was the co-host. So. <laughs> I know. We should, probably should have mentioned that too. You, uh, you didn't you start? Were you the first? She was the first. Yeah. Uh huh. So we got ourselves a long time. Sorry. <laughs> we got ourselves a legacy here. <laughs> so how long ago was that when you guys? The show. We co-hosted the show for over three years together, didn't we, Rhonda? It was a yeah. I was gonna say I don't remember exactly. I think it was. I'd have to look at my LinkedIn profile and tell you. <laughs> it was a long time though, well over two in any case. At the least, yeah, a long time. And it, it was cool. And uh, you know, things change and things move on. But it's fun to be on the other side as a guest. And it's sort of like wow. I'm so used to being the one that has to make sure the guest is here and all of this kind of stuff. So. <laughs> Now you got to do all the smart person work. I just ask oh. dumb questions, and you got to do all the work. <laughs> Are you insinuating I ask I'll try dumb to. questions for years? <laughs> well, we're not going to treat you any more special than any other guest, and we're going to start you out exactly like we do everybody every week. I want to know what your big thing is right now. What's your very – because, I mean, my God, your intro, you're all over the place, girl. So tell me what now. What do we, what do we need to know about now that is just burning in your belly, the thing that gets you out of bed every morning? Usually it's the nose of my golden retriever saying I have to pee. But that aside, and I'm, I'm very happy that you follow Gemma. She does have her own Facebook page, and she's leader dog Gemma, J-E-M-M-A, if anybody else is a dog fanatic. And she's been, uh, we just finally had a nice long walk uh, because we've had so much rain here and lots of flooding and damage and what all in the area, and it's been so awful. And then yesterday it wasn't raining, but it was windy. So we finally got a long walk in, so she feels better. <laughs> but what's, what's exciting me is I'm basically uh, 
re reinventing or, or retooling what I'm doing because I'm expanding from just uh, working with people in their books to really helping people live a blissful life, and myself included. And that is really what gets me out of bed with a smile and with such gratitude and an open heart. Awesome. It's always either the people or, or in our cases, the dogs that okay. get us out of bed. And, and then it's usually the dogs that do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah we I had Ken Krell on, and he, he gave the second most famous answer or maybe the first most famous answer, depending on who, uh, your sense of humor, but I asked him what got him out of bed in the morning, and he said when he has to pee. So at least you said yeah. it was because your dog has to pee, and that makes it a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> but that's Ken for you. Anybody who knows Ken knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, so, absolutely. I need to know a little bit more about this medieval cookbook. I don't know many. I, I know a few. I mean, maybe 10 or 20 people who have translated a medieval cookbook, uh, but I have never had the opportunity to talk to one in person. So what the heck is all of that about? Okay, so back in one of my past lives, figuratively speaking, um, it was actually in this life, but anyway, I lived in Denver, and I was part of the Society for Creative Anachronism, which is a group that... It's not a reenactment group because we don't for the plague and uh, you know the poor sanitary conditions and all of that. But it's sort of a reinvented the, the best of medieval times and, and not the worst. Uh, otherwise, we'd be poisoning people regularly at meals and things like that. So uh, we'll take the best of them. And I was very much into various arts, including performance arts, singing, and and so forth. And as well, I enjoyed cooking and. I don't know, for some reason, I just thought, hey, why don't I take this um, mantle for women, and, uh, which is what it was basically called, that was in an archaic form of Spanish, and redact it, translate it and redact it for, so that we in here who speak English would know what's in it. And I will tell you, it was very strange. They liked mercury. They had a thing for tooth powders. Um, they had a thing for eel. It was, it was really kind of... Um, of interesting and, and many things I would never choose to try to put on my table. But it was quite interesting. I actually did win uh, the top prize in arts and sciences in my region for having done all of that. And it was uh, it took me months, and it, it was very interesting. But, yeah, like I say, I'm not going to be putting up the edition on Amazon so everybody could make everything because uh, you wouldn't want to, <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> Well, cool. I'm glad you didn't make me hungry because I haven't had anything yet to eat today. So that's great. I did not get hungry from that description whatsoever. No mercury, please. I'm sure you wouldn't. I mean, I'm sure there were some good things. There was there was one thing about uh, a, a bird in the nest, which was basically a bird in pastry. That would have sounded good. But uh, but some of the other things like eel, not so much. Are you fasting today? <laughs> yes. Okay, so I've got so, well, Few hours to go. <laughs> you are okay. So I will be sure to just. I'll, if you start to get hungry, just think about eating eel. That will to fix you. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Yep. Appetite's gone. It's out of here. So, uh, I, well, yeah. I was going to ask you because I think you're a really good person to ask this question. So Kyle Cease's book came out today. Do you know Kyle Cease? Um, no, not off the top of my brain. My goodness, you're going to have to, everybody's going to have to go and get this book. It's one of the funniest things I've started to read all day. Uh, <laughs> that's probably not a really great endorsement, but I did just start to read it because it just got delivered. I pre-ordered it on Amazon, and, and it just got delivered today because uh, of the release. And uh, he's a comedian who has turned into, it's like if Eckhart Tolle and... Jim Carrey had a baby. That would that. be that would be Kyle Cease. It's the funniest way to become enlightened that I've ever found in my life. I mean, he's really, really good. What is in, it called? Uh, I hope I screw this up. Okay. The book, and it's Kyle okay. Cease. Anyway, it's, it, that's really cool, and everybody should go check that out because he's he's really, really awesome, and you will absolutely get something out of reading. Uh, or seeing any of his stuff. But the point I bring up is 
you are a multifaceted, uh, multi-interest type person, obviously, and and uh, there and this is a show about leverage. And I'm wondering, and I, I would love to get your perspective on the leverage of letting go. And the reason that I bring that up and brought up Kyle Cease is he did a really funny skit at one of his things, and he's standing on stage, and he's like, just let it go. And he was talking about things that don't serve you, let it go. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. how hard is it to let something go? And he just stood there with his hand upside down, and he said, you just – you just open your hand and it's gone. You just let it go. How hard is it to let something go? And then I wrote back yesterday that I had remembered that uh, on his timeline and on Facebook, and uh, and I came up with maybe what I thought was witty at the time. I said the first thing you have to do, it's easy to mechanically let something go, but you have to fall out of love with why you're holding it first, and that's the hard part. Mechanically, yes, open your hand, let something go, fall on the floor, you know. But emotionally, you have to fall out of love with why you're holding it in the first place, and that's the hard thing. And I'm thinking, but there's a lot of leverage in that. He talks about it, and I know you've talked about it before. There's a lot of leverage, in, and you gain back a lot of power in yeah. letting something go instead of trying to grasp so hard. To it, and I figure, yeah. who's a better person to talk to about stuff like this? Who is awesome at going from one thing to another, and you are awesome at dropping things and letting things go, and not clinging to them, and going, I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to do a medieval cookbook, and I'm going to go over here, I'm going to sing and dance. And a lot of people aren't <laughs> like that, which is why I brought up that very, very long setup and that long question, so I could hear your feedback on on that concept. Okay, so let me ask you a question in turn. Um, and of both you and Gina, I know Gina's still there in the background, are you the type of person who hoards a lot of stuff and doesn't ever turn it around, or are you the type of person who, when you notice you haven't used something in a while, you either give it away, give it to charity, sell it, whatever? Are you the hoarder or the get-rid-of person? Um. I'm somewhere in between. I'm not really a hoarder because I covet things. It's just that we have a really, really big house, and I'm too lazy to give them away. I could have given them away, and it wouldn't bother me at all. And we do sometimes give a, a, go crazy and give a lot of stuff away in mass because we feel too cluttered. But we're living in a house that when we moved here, we were like we had a couch and a chair and it's a 4,200-square-foot house, and we're like, we're never going to feel – our voices echoed in every room, and we're like, this is never going to be – we'll never have furniture for the whole place or anything. And don't you know, 10 or 11 years later, that every nook and cranny of the house is fairly covered with something. And uh, not really a hoarder, just too lazy to give away what I would be more than willing to do so had I not all of this space to just forget that I have all that stuff in that room. <laughs> And I will admit that I used to be a lot like Jack and very much just too lazy to do something about getting rid of stuff. But in 2005, when I got the news that I had 12 to 18 months to live, my husband and I left home in our RV. And when we made the decision six months later to stay on the road, we literally put everything we owned in the storage unit other than that which was in the motorhome. And uh -huh. a couple years later, gave everything away. And ever uh -huh. since 2006, when all that stuff got put into storage, at least once a year, I go through everything that I have with me and get rid of stuff that I haven't used in the last three to six months. So. Uh -huh. I can move quickly because I don't have a lot of stuff. Most of the stuff that's in my house came with the place I'm renting. And that's mm -hmm. been true for five or six years. Yeah, I'm, by the way, I'm not making any judgments, by the way, for you or for anybody. I'm not saying, you know, hard, bad, or anything like that. But it, but it really points to the good thing, Jack, uh, of what you were saying. And also, Gina, you know, your flip side kind of different thing. The people that have the hardest time with letting go of something that's not serving you anymore are the ones who are often hoarding stuff or just because you haven't come through it or whatever. And sometimes that, it's like what comes into one area of your life will spill into another. 
So if you're a person who wants to help yourself let go of whatever, I, whether it's, hey, this part of my business doesn't serve me anymore or, you know, whatever, then start going through, you know, a closet, a drawer or something and see if there's stuff that you haven't worn in a year or used in a year or used in six months. I mean, I'm not saying throw out your Christmas trees or whatever, those are seasonal, but, you know, things that you might not have used in a long time, somebody else may want. Like, I don't use a toaster anymore, and I've been just asking people, do you need a toaster? Does someone need a toaster? And if not, I'll give it to the thrift store charity, and they'll be very happy. So that's just a way to kind of help yourself if you do have trouble with that. Uh, For me, I am just a variety girl. I'm not like a bright, shiny object. I have to always find the next shiny thing, but I just have a lot of interest, and I always have. I've always been a variety girl ever since I was a toddler. I have very diverse, uh, love to read, love to play, love to do all kinds of things, and that's just how I've always been. I'm not saying it's better or worse or, you know, judging in any way compared to the way other people are, but that's just part of who I am. And so um, when I think of looking at what I want to do, I just like, hey, if I want to have that experience, I'll have it. When it's done, if I still like it, I'll have it again. When uh, it's done and I don't care for it so much anymore, then I'm done. I don't have to have that again. I had that experience. So uh, I was in SCA for while I was in Denver. I don't live there anymore. It's not convenient. I'm not really that interested anymore, but it was fun at the time. And it's okay to let go of, of that which was good or fun or whatever at the time and maybe not so much anymore. So in regards to business and, and, and the statement earlier that a lot of people believe that uh, you gain the power you thought you were going to have if you clinged, if you clung to something really, really hard and tightly, letting it go gave you more power back than you could ever possibly have imagined. What, give me an experience of that where it hit you really hard in business when you let something go that you thought by keeping it was actually going to eventually, and who knows why we think these things, because if something's stagnant and it's not moving, it's likely to stay stagnant and not moving. That's just physics. But we think. you know, We hold on to things or whatever. And t- so to help our listeners to understand how maybe taking a look at some of the things they're doing in their business, some of the things that they're, they think they were supposed to do, maybe they feel like they never got it right and that someday they will get it right, so they're, they're going to keep that component of their business active at least in their subconscious, <laughs> if not you know, limping along on the Internet. What, kind, what do people mean when they say stuff like that? I, you know, I'm not really a clinger type of, of person per se, but I do know for business, there's a lot of times where you go, okay, you know, follow this, do that, be here, do this thing, whatever, and that it should have a certain result. Well, sometimes it just doesn't for whatever reason. And, you know, um, there maybe some of it's mindset, maybe some of it's just the climate changes. You know, it's like, uh, one thing that you might have been, like Google Plus, for example, you might have been using that, and then all, all of a sudden it's like, what is all of this with these changes? And now it's not the same. <laughs> yeah, things change, and there's sometimes, there, there may be some mindset stuff, but a lot of times it also can be that something in the environment has changed. Um, doing business using the power of the Internet has changed a lot. Uh, wouldn't you agree, Jack, over the last, you know, even three or four years, quite a bit. Well, yeah, and I would imagine that it's pretty unhealthy to have the attitude, and I think it's been beaten out of all of us to some extent, no matter how clingy we can be, that yeah. that the Internet is ever going to stay the same or anything on it is going to be the same in five minutes. I mean, right. you know, they might they might cut off pod, podcasting and we'll just cut the show, right? We'll be in the middle of a sentence and then be, somebody's going to decide, no more podcasting, we're doing this now. Yeah. And you guys will all have to find us somewhere else. I mean, it... it People should have that down by now, that there's nothing to glom onto on the Internet especially. But people have old ideas about business still. They have old ideas about when they worked for other people before they became entrepreneurs and things, and those things still kind of seep into your mind now and again. I wish something would stay the same. I'm going to cling to this because it's the only thing I have from 2010 that still exists. So, you know, I don't think I, I still have my MySpace account, but I don't go there anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like my Google Plus account. I popped in there last week to say something in the uh, 
bachelor's community, but that was the first time I'd used it in months because it just went weird. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's why I brought it up because you're the perfect person to ask because you don't seem to get clingy. You don't seem to have that problem of clinginess. And uh, you know, you could really be a help of other to other people who yeah. have a hard time giving something up. Yeah. And and really, in regards to business, I mean, some people's breakthroughs are just one drop away, one let that go away, let that go, and Valhalla's gates will open to you in terms of success in your business. Because what about the energy that it takes? You know, yes. that you've seen other people, clients and people that you've worked with, because you're not like that, but you've seen it. You know what it's like. You've seen it from the outside. You've seen people's energy just getting sucked out of them by things that don't serve them in their business. And you're like, and you want to shake people. Some, well, I don't want to say you do, but I want to shake people sometimes because it's like, this is stupid. Don't do that. That's just ridiculous. But And then sometimes it's myself that I need to shake. And I'm more than comfortable doing that. I I shake myself all the time but how do you help people through stuff like that well I'll say first say how I help myself through stuff like that I'm not saying I'm really clingy but there are times when maybe you try a certain strategy in business uh, to attract customers or whatever and you know build some great programs and whatever and just are not able to get the leverage you want no matter how hard you try and that does happen sometimes and so sometimes it's like hey you know this is taking a lot of energy. I am not liking it. I'm not having fun. So I'm just going to not do that anymore. And I will check inside with myself and figure out the right direction. And it's always, always and always, as I very rarely will use that word. So hear me now when I say I'm using it with conscious awareness, the word that I rarely use always. It's going to be about connecting with the right people who you're equipped to serve and the right people who can help you get leverage and get into the the type of work, the type of space, type of community, bless you, that will be best for you and for others involved. I I could have sworn Gina was getting ready to come on, and that was the uh, clearing the path cough. I I thought so. And then I think she inadvertently muted herself. I did mute now. There we go. I was waiting. I felt her energy, and then I was like, I don't hear anything. (laughs) (laughs) Moving your mind. (laughs) Well, so, you know, not to belabor a point, I think probably we ought to let this conversation go and start something new. What do you think? Just let, let's demonstrate it. Let's let it go and uh, and do something else and show everybody how it didn't hurt us at all. No. Nope. Ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, other things that you're doing in business, what kinds of – because you've been around long enough that you can spot, you know, everybody who's seen a lot of stuff and done a lot of stuff with an online digital business uh, – uh, learns things as you do with anything in, in life, and and the further along people get, the fur, the more either vertently or inadvertently they use leverage in their business and in in their networking and things like that. What kinds of stuff have you been working on? Or I mean, you might have to actually look at it from an outside perspective a little bit because you're so soaking in it. Because I know you're a leveragist. <laughs> I know you know how to you know, get something done in far fewer steps than a beginner ever would. Um, so, you know, what kinds of things are you working on right now or things that you've seen out there uh, from uh, uh, fellow uh, marketers and authors and things that, that are really neat that you thought, well, that's really a lot of leverage. They just eliminated like 50 different steps in about a year's time there. What's going on in that part of your world? Well, in that part of my world, um I think it's really helpful to know about oneself and what works better for you. Uh, So I have come to know that I am really good working as part of a team. That doesn't mean I have to have a job and a boss. I don't mean it like that. But that I really love it and I'm in my strength when I can have different people taking on perhaps different parts of the project or whatever. 
so those are the types of things that, that I really enjoy doing uh, and enjoy putting together because uh, even if I do have somebody with a book, I don't want to actually be editing their book and getting it on Kindle and whatever. I really have never wanted to open a publishing company. Never have, still don't, probably won't ever. Right, So that wouldn't be a piece where some people are going, I will help you write the book and we'll help you publish it and we'll help you market it and whatever. So it's like teaming up with people who can do different pieces. So for, for me, what I find is being the most true to myself is to be not just about only one little thing, but what is really going to help bring people some peace and happiness and and joy that I can deal with in, in a business sense in this world because there's a lot of chaos, there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of stuff, there's a lot of everything on the Internet changes and, uh, you know, a lot of people wanting to hitch their uh, <laughs> wagon to the latest star that's coming by today that might be gone tomorrow. So for me, it's being true to myself, knowing what's, what's important for me. And so as I'm working with other people or looking for things, I'm like, well, is this going to be a win-win-win for me, whoever is else involved, and with whoever will ultimately be served in the end. So I'm really looking for those wins, which every good leverage just should. That's what leverage is about, really, you know, and um, looking to build those bridges. So I've just become involved with Women's Prosperity Network, and I'm just getting to know some of the people there, and I'm beginning to look for what kinds of synergy there can be to help bring people that blissful life. I'm looking for things that will feel a lot like play but still get something important done because there's no reason we can't have fun and be in business at the same time. <laughs> yep. So I hope awesome. that helps. Yeah, I was just, yeah, well, it made me think of something I was thinking about the other day. Uh, and, I, and, and Gina and I have both said this a lot of times. I'm sure you have too uh, in, different, in different ways. But there's there's a really weird thing that happens when people get into business for themselves, have been in business with themselves for years and years and everything in between. And mm-hmm. it's a, uh and I just noticed it and I don't understand why it's such a knee jerk thing because it I I can look back for at least 10 years of my uh starting out I felt this way and didn't even know it, and I thought it was an absolute rule, and it isn't. And I, I know that it's a, a thing for a lot of people, and that is starting something new. And forget about the fact that nobody said anything new in human history for at least 250 years. Uh, everything has been said. Every time you think you're saying something original, Somebody back in the 60s was holding, uh, you know, talks about it or wrote a book about it or something. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, there's only so many words in the English language and all the other languages. And once you run out of those words and every combination that you can use of those words, we've run out of language. We, we literally have run out of language, let alone the need and necessity for something to always be new. And when you said, I like to look for collaborative things, teams, um, and, and you gave me a hint that, maybe things that are already in motion that you personally did not put into motion, that, you know, which is a really great leverage tactic if you know where I'm going with this. If I knew where I was going with this, it would be great. But well, I do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I just thought the other day, it's like, you know what, that's what I crave now. For, for about 10 years starting out, I was, doing, I was creating the courses. I was creating the training. I was doing the trailblazing. I was doing new, new, new. And I prided myself, I told people that I was hanging tin on the edge of the Internet for them, as a service to them so I could come back from the edge and say, here's what's coming. And I was blowing up my sites, you know, doing really dumb things just to experiment so I could report back to my people saying, hey, the site's back up, number one. And number two, uh, this is a really cool thing I found. Yeah. 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 But isn't that cool, though? I mean, should people get that message a lot more? They don't have to. I'm starting a business doesn't mean I have to start something brand new. Uh, What about collaboration? What about just joining things to lend your talent to things that are already in motion, already have infrastructure, already have momentum, already have things in built that you don't have to build from scratch, like lists and 
networks and all of that stuff. I mean, that's really kind of exciting, and there's so much of that because there's so much that's been built on the Internet. There's so many people out there doing, air quotes, their own thing, that there's a million ways to join and collaborate, uh, many, many more than there ever is a new idea for something that's truly and actually new. Yeah, and see, Jack, that's really important because when you can go, look, my strength is here, whatever here is for you, for you in your business, for each person, you know, my strength is here. I love to do this. I don't love to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and whatever else, you know, and so, but are there ways that people might want some of that? So why don't I just hook up with somebody who does those parts? So if I'm going to help somebody with a book, like I've met somebody who is um, helping with, uh, book launches and has a really nice system for that, but she doesn't really help people with the how, how can your book be uh, a good book and also help build your influence. So that part she doesn't have. Well, that I, in my sleep, I can teach you that. So, you know, basically. Yeah. So, but, so hooking up together could be the perfect answer for her and for me because I will tell you, trying to build your own thing on, the, in the, on and off and both of the Internet and you know, even using both can be a lot like trying to push a 300-ton boulder up Mount Everest with one hand tied behind your back. Yeah. Well, it's gotten more so because because when we started out, there were not as many topic areas on the internet to go check out. I mean, everything was being built. And, and if you found a topic area that you wanted to explore, maybe specialize in, or bring your expertise, your offline expertise to digital publishing and everything in that category, you didn't have as much competition. I mean, you might have two or three people you'd have to worry about, or if any at all, that were you know, in danger of hogging any of your spotlight. So it was really, I hate to say this to the people who didn't get to live through it because they'll never see it again, uh, yeah. it was really, really, really amazing. And I, I sometimes regret I didn't take more advantage of that. But we just didn't know. You can't tell a fish about water. So, you, But it's just really amazing now that that mindset, it really seems to be prevalent. Uh, you get on the Internet, you quit your job, you get on the Internet, you start doing something, and a lot of the education says start your own thing, do your own thing. A lot of, mm-hmm. um, at least in our Western culture, uh, we're taught, start your own thing, do your own thing, stand out. And a lot of people, you know, subliminal message to themselves is stand out. Oh, you mean do something totally and completely new. Come up with a new concept. And then people will, like I did for a couple of years after I stopped doing, you know, blog success and software and things like that, I was a little bit lost and I was beating myself to death for not having a new idea. I thought my only way forward was because it was always the way it was before, and Cease always talks about that. You are not your past. You are yeah. now. <laughs> and I was comparing myself to my past, and I was an innovator. I was coming up with new stuff all the time, and I was laying that kind of guilt trip on myself now at that time, and I was beating myself to death with that. And then I oh, realized, okay. wait a minute, there's so many things that are completely unfinished that people have started because they thought they had to start something new, and yeah. there's just a million things laying out there. They're like, wow, that was actually a really good idea. I see that you didn't have a person like me who would have done the finishing touches on that or would have helped you get the traffic for that. or, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole bunch of little danglers <laughs> sticking out of the Internet everywhere you look. Right. And it is it, many people's experience of starting whatever business based around your passions and your skills and whatever trying to do it all on your loan, if you're doing it all on your loan, it can be very difficult to get that, um, the, the right people finding you in enough volume to actually make a business more than a hobby that occasionally brings in enough to cover your website charges or whatever. You know, <laughs> So that's yeah. what being willing and being able to uh, stretch out a hand and look for where is their synergy, where can I demonstrate that, yeah, I have this skill, you have this complementary thing, Together, we're much stronger because we have something that's synergistic and not just solopreneur, here I am up one mope out in the middle of nowhere type of thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, and there's there's a striking amount of opportunity. It's like, um, unlike the, the real world where once a vein of gold is played out, it's done, and you're going to wait four or five billion years before gold is ever <laughs> found in that area again, so it's done for our purposes. But the Internet keeps building new veins of gold. You know, so when the Internet moves in one direction or another, and there's just massive currents on the web as far as trends in marketing and product development in services, software, apps, and everything else, there, there is a general massive movement that's always going on in, in a few different directions in a few different major industries that kind of encompass uh, as an umbrella thousands of others. And mm -hmm. when that movement happens, it creates an awful lot of waste. It creates a lot of people, you know, thousands and thousands of people working their ways all into the 4 o'clock in the morning hours to, uh, you know, build their software, do their thing, do this, do that, and a lot of waste is produced. People buy domains for no reason. They don't even know. They just knee-jerk, I need a domain for this, and I need to uh, build this team for this and wow. set it up like it's permanent, although it's, of course, going to be temporary, and then that team's not going to have a place to go after this project is done. And, it's just, and, and if you multiply that by millions, which you can easily <laughs> and describe the Internet at large, uh, there's a lot of waste in that. There's a lot of waste in leverage and collaboration opportunities. And I, I, I remember when Gina and, and others were starting to see that the Internet was stacking up really deep with a lot of people publishing and teaching and being experts in and, and authoring books and everything else in, in um, a lot more topics. So things were getting more competitive. And, of course, Gina being a natural leveragist, she started thinking about associations. Why don't I just right. get above all of this, not worry about being another one of the experts in this vast industry full of tons of experts who all, who all seem to be able to get those other things done that I don't even like to do. I just want to do my thing but I can't do that without mm -hmm. this funnel working right or whatever. Well, Gina and other people started talking about associations and networks. Yeah. And so let them figure all of that stuff out. I'm going to organize them because they are a big, massive ball of disorganization and a lot of wasted leverage. There's a lot of people not talking to each other that should be talking to each other. And there's a lot of money and a lot of progress and a lot of awesome things helping people to be done and to be had. But all of these guys think they're in it on their own, and they don't know that much about collaboration and networking and leverage, and they're all looking forward with blinders. And people like Gina come along and take off those blinders and say, come join this group so you guys understand that you're not alone and you could go a lot faster, a lot better if you would start joint venturing with each other and connecting with each other. And it really is almost like you could do a commercial, one of those hokey commercials where the sun comes out and somebody takes their little sleep blinders off and they breathe deeply. And it's like that's yeah. kind of what Gina was doing for, and still kind of does, really. Yeah. You know, I don't want to speak for her too much, but that is kind of what she's doing. And, and people are starting to see each other. And then it's not just a one-column thing. So, you know, and I know you live in that world, and you like to move. You're kind of like a butterfly in that way, not only in your varied interests, but you float around and talk to lots of different people in lots of different situations. And you can see things in that environment that the people themselves in those environments cannot because of their blinders, because they're working on their book or they're working, you know, on yep. some goal, and they just can't stop. So you're kind of like a floater like we are. You see a lot of neat things out there like that. I do, and that's also why the butterfly is my symbol that I use for it's all over my Write on Purpose website. It's in Basically, it's just a part of my heart. I even have butterflies by where I live that actually help the hummingbirds find the food in the feeder I have out back. So, <laughs> but and when I think that's such a cool. Yeah, are you talking, are, is, is that sort of like a, a helper Butterfly, like Gemma is to you, they help the bees? Yes, I've never even heard that. of that. The, and I think of that, that's kind of what I want to do is, is help people find the nectar, help people find the, the sweetness of life. And the, the biggest trend that I'm noticing, if you really look past the software and the apps and the social networks that come and go and the stock market and whatever the heck else, if you look past all of those systems, Jack, would you like to know what I'm observing? Yes, of course. That's why you're here. I thought you might. <laughs> a 
what I notice is that people more than ever, especially with all of that and all the craziness, are craving connection and craving uh, honesty and transparency more than ever. And when you come and show up with that and you be who you are and be okay with that and you pick up things that are fun and interesting and let them go if they see being fun and interesting and all of that, that is how you can have a blissful life. That's how you can have the connections. That's how someone like me who lives in rural Missouri with no public transportation and who is blind and cannot drive can still connect with people in the Philippines, all over the world, different places, and still have a really cool life and not feel like I'm completely cut off and isolated from everyone. But that is what I'm really seeing. There are people and pockets and groups and so forth all over the place of those who are wanting to get back to what's real, past the tech, past yeah. the network, to what's real. When you can provide well, that we, and you can be in that space, you're great. We all we, we grew up with the fantasy of what a celebrity was. And so and, and and there's still a little bit of that today, but the the veil has been lifted. A celebrity used to be a mysterious person. You'd never have a chance in hell of ever running into one unless you were connected in some way yourself. But as an average, there was a huge, huge chasm between fans and celebrities back in our day, right? And now everybody knows, and the jig is up, yet some people still act like it's the old days. And it's really Mm -hmm. funny because it's been flipped on its head. The fans are more savvy than celebrities in most cases, but they're catching up. Not just celebrities, but personalities, people who believe that, um, when you show up on a news thing, you have to have a certain kind of suit and tie on. You have to look a certain way. And while that's still true on the major networks and everything, what's happening on the Internet is p- professional spokespeople like Robert Reich will get on his own video um, podcast in his office and very clearly have a very hard time, like Einstein, uh, keeping things in order, just doesn't even care what's in the background, has a, a maybe a polo shirt on at best, and mm-hmm. and nobody gets this. Nobody cares. They are there to hear his information, and they are put at ease immediately because he doesn't have a suit on. He's not presenting from on high, the almighty media man uh, talking to the mm-hmm. rest of the crowd, and and that's happening all over the internet. So it's funny we're stuck in the kind of situation now where there's a lot of people still playing sort of by those old rules, and they don't get it. But the audience, us, we all know the jig is up. So you might, you might as well stop pretending like you're untouchable, you're unreachable, because if you keep persisting in that, you're going to be. We won't want to touch or reach you anymore, and they're getting that message now. That actually translates into business and everything that you were just talking about. If you are not doing this in your own business, if you're not being approachable, reachable, real, not being afraid, this is the perfect time for introverts and everybody to come out and have a great time because it couldn't be more welcoming out there than it yes. is right now. You don't have to look a certain way. You don't have to have certain kinds of clothes. You don't have to be super skinny or super big or super tall or whatever you think you have to be because I'll show you at least ten examples of why whatever you think your hang-up is is not true by showing you people who are doing it that fit those yes. descriptions. Isn't that yeah, crazy? Absolutely. It's a wonderful time. It really is. There is so much freedom to play and be yourself if you want to take it that way. I mean, there really always have been, but, I mean, there's actually more of the space for that than there ever has been in terms of what's happening in the online world. And there is so much more of people connecting all over the world because of the Internet that that can really help break down some of the barriers and some of the misunderstandings and things that might go on uh, so there really is a lot of space for you to be exactly who you are and to expand your reach and expand yourself within that. That's so cool. That's what I think is really cool about the, the your butterfly and Gina's mm. just inability to not bring up a connection that somebody should have if, it should, should, if she's on a call or she's helping somebody or talking to somebody, you can't, you couldn't, I mean, you'd have to muzzle her 
to get her to, to not show people that there's a connection here you're missing or here's a way to do it that you're not seeing and it's not your fault. Right. You just don't have the experience. And I float around like a butterfly and you don't. You got your blinders on. And I mean, there's something to be said about focus. You know, focus is what actually gets the book finished. Um, right. You know, <laughs> but, but if that becomes your modus operandi for every single thing you do, even when you're not finishing a book, it can become a debilitating thing for you and your business because you're just missing opportunities or trying to tap you on the shoulder right and left, and you're not seeing them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it's really about being open and breathing into the, the space and, and just taking a moment to look inside and go, what might be here? And ask yourself, what am I missing? Because if I ask myself what I'm missing, even though I am really looking and paying attention and et cetera, there could be something I'm missing. I ask myself that all the time. Am I missing anything? Um, how can I perhaps serve in this situation? How can I connect? How can I make this better? Is there anything I can add that would improve this or help this person? Yeah. Do you think that there's there's a uh, – I guess there is a problem. So what do you think about the problem that when people see like somebody like a Brendan Burchard or somebody who is obviously – and he's not really doing that much now, trailblazing – uh, he's just being, you know, the brand and everything that he's worked so hard to set up, and I applaud him for it. And you can't keep up that intensity. I know firsthand you can't keep up that level of, of creation, you know, all the time creating, creating, creating. At some point, hopefully if you've done your job well, you can sit back and go, hey, I'm Brendan Burchard. And that's it, dude. I know all this stuff, and I don't need to create all the time, all the time. But do people – do you feel like people get really affected – when they see people like that, and I'm talking about the internet marketing industry, but they're in every industry, um, you know, or Maria Forleo or somebody like that, they're just massively dynamic and they just seem to have all the energy that you know they don't sleep ever. And you know that they have, you know, just uh, boundless energy to get everything done and everything. How does that affect people who look at that and they're like beating themselves up for it, even though if you asked them point blank, would you want to be her or would you want to be him, they would say, no, I want to be me. But then why are you beating yourself up over that? Like, do I really want that life? Well, no, I don't want to have to have a staff of 100 people and, you know, be like constantly burning. When you think about it, Jack, you look to nature, look to the seasons. Is it always spring and summer? No. We have a time of creation, a time of flourishing a time when whatever you've built gives you its harvest and a time when all of that goes and takes a rest for a while. You know, a butterfly starts as a caterpillar, yeah. goes and hides for a while in its cocoon and goes through this, um, this such a big transformation that it doesn't even know what's happening, and then it becomes that butterfly and does amazing other things. Everything has a cycle. Everything does. So even someone who's creating a lot, if they seem to be creating constantly, there's probably a team behind them that you know, doing some of, getting some of those other pieces in place. But really ask yourself what life you want and who you want to be and how you want to show up. Right, because if you, if you, yeah, right, because if you look at that and you aren't honest with yourself knowing there's absolutely, she doesn't stay up all night, he doesn't stay up, they don't have boundless energy, they do sleep, yet there's all this content being produced, there's all this stuff, well, that is the big fat clue that they have a huge staff, and they should. At mm -hmm. that level of development, they should definitely have a huge staff. So don't compare yourself, your daily life, to somebody else's highlight reel, right? Like, okay. And that's what I think I see a lot of people doing. And another thing that's really ironic about all of this is who would leave a company that had staff of hundreds to come and build the exact damn same thing and be in charge of it this time? Well, the money would be better, but is that exactly why you left? Or are you right. – inadvertently thinking that you're going to be creating the same daggone thing you ran away from like your hair was on fire at one time. Right. <laughs> and it's, it's really weird that people – go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, just, it is weird. But do you want to be a slave to what you're creating, or do you want to create something that's fun and dynamic and will it, it, it inspire you and entice you as well as whoever else you're dealing with? You know, why not build that? Why not build what's fun and in, and intriguing and engaging. 
I say probably the lesson for the day, at least one of them, should probably be a focus on looking around. I think you're the perfect guest for that to be one of the lessons. I think that's the lesson you're bringing here is that if you, you don't – you can stop for a minute no matter who you are, no matter what's going on, even if you are on deadline. You can stop right now for a minute and just figuratively put the blinders down. Look around. Look around. There's a lot of stuff happening in your industry, and I don't care what industry you're in. There's a lot of stuff happening. There's a lot of people going by that could be really, really instrumental to you, even on this deadline. I could have stopped somebody listening to this right now on their deadline who's struggling their butt off to get them to stop and look around for a minute. That's going to bring them the person who's going to be instrumental in making sure they hit that deadline or any number of other things. But mm-hmm. I feel like people are just moving, 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 and they're not taking the time to realize that all that waste that we produce, when you build a new website, when you buy a domain name, when you create a bunch of content in an industry that's got trillions and trillions of terabytes of content just like it already, there's a lot of waste. It's like, wait, I don't know that I need to build this content. I don't know that I need to say this. Maybe I can go on a platform where they are already saying this, come up with a new metaphor that somebody Mm -hmm. hasn't come up with, and talk about the same thing but on somebody else's platform, thereby skipping months and months of development, maybe even years, tons of expense Mm -hmm. developing my own audience. Because you know what you're going to have to do? If you develop your own audience in an industry, you're going to have to take that audience's attention away from somebody who already has it and has it well. <laughs> like there's no, more, there's no more people really coming in huge numbers onto the Internet. What we have is basically what we're going to have in our lifetimes. And, yeah, some yeah. people are going to come from countries that – but come on. There's no new audience. When you build a list, you're stealing that attention away from a, somebody else who already has those people on a list. Why not go to the person who already has them, who has already developed the reputation with them, who's already done the work and expense and everything of putting that audience in front of their stage? Why not go stand on their stage? Then you could take their audience and build a list with it, but they're going to love you because that person's got their arm around you, and you've just skipped over huge amounts of work and expense and time and stress by doing so. Yeah, absolutely. And what we really do not need is more content marketing. What we need is is more heart and spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when are we going to do something about this stuff? When are we going to do something about it? All those things that we've written about as bloggers and all that stuff. You know what? This is really cool. You ought to do this. We ought to do this. Well, let's just stop and start doing it. You know, <laughs> And then talking yeah. about the doing of those things, talking about the action part of it, because I feel like – in some sense, we're all still a little bit enamored with this Internet thing. You know, it still hasn't worn – it's 2017. We still – I get the sense that it hasn't worn off some of the newness, like, look what I can do. And I think we need to get over that. I think it's time. <laughs> Big yeah. deal. And you know what? Something really cool, ten times cooler than what you think is cool now, is going to come out in five minutes. Yeah, you know, exactly. and it's going to keep happening that way. We should probably not be so enamored with that and just get to work, get down to what really matters, and then go, all right, every single possibility that I have to do anything in the world that I want to do to change the world materially, leave a legacy, leave a mark, every single component that I need in triplicate, quadruplicate, quintillulate is out there now. You, there's no need to develop a new tool, to develop a new you know, this or that. It's time to plug in and go. And I think a lot of people don't know that that going is what brings them the authority and the money and the everything else that they think that their business that they're building right now is going to do by trudging through the mud and going, you yeah. know, <laughs> going at it 24/7 and building their own thing when there's no necess- there's no necessity in that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> What's the internet? Sorry, I get excited when I get when I talk to connectors like you, it it brings me into that world, and I get really excited about it. I'm sorry. I love that. I'm just, like, basking in this, like, energy from you. I'm loving it, Jack. I'm loving it so much. <laughs> it's your so fault. Cool. Uh, well, good. <laughs> you did it. You started it. I did. If I could be Gina, a Gina, she started you, it. I, <laughs> I did. That she did. <laughs> there you are, Miss Gina. So, I, 
Yeah, she's here, and she found her unmute button. Gina, do you want to talk about um, what we're doing in, in regard to the whole conversation today when we were talking about looking up, looking around, and looking uh, for different things? I think you and I had different arcs in our career uh, going through um, you know, the information marketing and consulting, coaching, all that kind of stuff, but we've arrived in pretty much the same place. And we found a way to serve on a higher level a whole bunch more people, and that was with Divisio. And so instead of getting down, like I said earlier, instead of getting down in the mud and, and doing everything yourself and pulling yourself up and, you know, uh, keeping that focus and ten times in it and grinding, uh, go find a way to connect a whole bunch of people. And the newest way for us is Divisio. Uh -huh. And I know we don't have that much time, but I know, Gina, you're super excited about that. I really am. Divisio is, it's been designed from the ground up to help facilitate all the ways that I like to do connections, right? Uh-huh. And to have software that can make that easier is just fantastic. So all of those people that are out there doing their thing and being super passionate about it and and uh, you know, bringing their light into the world and whatever the way they're they're doing it, we get to watch them all do it, and we get to watch the results of it by providing them a service whereby their affiliates can get paid instantly and and do all these really cool things and make their businesses cooler, because there is competition out there. And if you can say that I have a my program, I feel is better than that one, and I can pay you instantly, which one is the affiliate going to choose? <laughs> right. And then we get to watch all that activity, and, and, and facilitating that really is doing something on a macro level, which is why I wanted to bring it up again. Like Being on a macro level is not a bad idea. It doesn't mean you're giving up completely what you thought your business was going to be. It's probably just going to be a massive, giant enhancement to it. Like, you know, for instance, Rhonda is a great example <laughs> of how you've done this, uh, you know, pretty much your whole career here. And, and it's not uh, it's not been a bad ride for you so far. No, I'm having a good time. I've I found the more that I go with what uh, feels right and what feels uh, growthful and cool and fun and finding those connections, the better. Um, I've just gotten into Duvizio and I'm going to be starting to look for synergy for myself. Like, hmm, who's doing what on there? And I haven't had the chance to do that yet, but that's on my project list for this week. Where can I find synergy? Where can I go, hey, you know, let's work through this together. So that's going to be a lot of fun to do. Start with getting your products up there first. Yes. Because once your products are up there, me and the yep. team of certified JV facilitators will actually start helping you to find those synergies and bring them to your attention. Uh-huh. Yep, there you go. You thought you were going to have to do it all by yourself, get in the mud. Darn it, Rhonda, have you not been listening to your own show? No, <laughs> we'll do it for you. <laughs> I know that. It's cool. I'm, I'm a JV facilitator, too. I'm certified through the program and all that good stuff. So that I'm just she is. I don't mind somebody helping oh. me. And I'll tell you, I have had to learn to accept help. As a blind person, I don't always want to have it. But uh, I love having help, but I still love to look around for myself. Because <laughs> that's how you explore yeah. your environment. Yeah, what's there? <laughs> right, and you're you're seeing things maybe even your helpers aren't seeing. You still have to be, you know, you still have to look around. Well, so yeah. everybody's gotten to know you that hasn't ever heard of you. Uh, some other people have heard from you that haven't for a long time. And what can where can everybody go to find out more about you and kind of get in your sphere of influence and the things you're excited about right now? I am all over the social web. My website is right on purpose. That's W-R-I-T-E on purpose.com. And um, I also have books on Amazon, so you can look me up there and see what I'm doing, what I have out, what I'm working on. Awesome. Well, thank you so thank much you for being so here. This much, has been really Rhonda. fun. Thanks. It's been fun. And we will be back same time, same place next week, guys. Have a great week, everybody, and thank you so much, Rhonda. Bye, everyone. My pleasure.
Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Black Book page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters. Thank you.